What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right, you guys, welcome to another episode of The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. Um, I'm going to start with reading a review um, on iTunes. So it says, I want to thank you immensely for, for providing what has been a tremendously helpful podcast for me. I'm the partner of a sex addict, and while your podcast talks about subjects I never wanted or thought I'd have to think about, I'm so grateful it exists to help me attempt to wrap my brain and heart around all of this hurtful confusion. I listen to other similar podcasts as well, and they too are helpful, but yours is so unique and perhaps the most helpful because you do offer all the perspectives that I think are necessary to understand, um, to really be able to trudge through and hopefully um, beyond this. Ashton and Kobe, your courage in particular um, to be so open and candid candidly share your experience is inspiring and empowering and helps me hold on to hope even even if I barely um, with my fingertips can do it um, my gratitude for you is immeasurable that's awesome that's that really, really nice yeah, yeah so sweet super generous actually yeah. I honestly I love reading these and seeing them because we do this and we don't really have a plan when we record these and so to hear that they are helping people is a big, like, yay for totally. us. Because yeah. we're just here talking and, and sharing experiences. Yeah, and, and I think it just lends to, you know, the way out of all of this and hanging on to hope and all of that is through connection. Yeah. So if you can relate and you can get tools and connect to, to the things we talk about and it gives you some hope, then we're accomplishing exactly what we're out to do. So it's pretty awesome. cool. So yeah. leave cool. us more reviews, you guys. We love the feedback. We love to hear from you. So, And we just might read your review. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Today's topic is a fun one. Um, what if your sex addict spouse doesn't want to have sex? Now, I, uh, think, think that one through for a minute. And you did it hear that correctly. It sounds crazy. You did hear that correctly. <laughs> what if your sex addict spouse does not want to have sex? And I know a lot of you are listening to this thinking that this is crazy. And then a lot of you, and I, and I say a lot, are listening to this thinking, I know that's exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, so um, sex addiction pairs really nicely with this thing called sexual anorexia. And sexual anorexia is when somebody um, does everything they can to avoid intimate, connected sex with another person. And so... Um, and the, let me explain why it pairs nicely with it. Um, a sex addict who can get his sexual needs met through lust, through looking at pornography, through masturbation, through acting out with people who he's not connected to at all, um, doesn't want to get too vulnerable or too close to somebody else in an intimate way. And what will happen is their shame turns inward and they start to feel a sense of control and a sense of power by um, avoiding intimate sexual connection with another person, usually a spouse. So it compounds the betrayal trauma because not only is there betrayal going on, now there's uh, just consistent rejection going on in the relationship. And that person is feeling starved for connection, starved for intimacy, 
um, just wanting to feel loved and connected to. Um, and so it's a common thing, and most couples that I work with that have this, at first they don't realize that it's even something. Um, and then as we dig into what's going on with them, it comes out that there is sexual anorexia there. So we were talking, and you guys were saying, you, Kobe, you don't have experience with this, right? No, I, I wouldn't say that I, I wouldn't say that I do directly, but I think there's, I think there's some, what we've identified probably within the last, I don't know, a couple of months, Ash, is that there has, I've realized that I have um, certain notions about um, intimacy, like sex, that that are that are probably really. Um, I don't know, not necessarily balanced in the sense of uh, my, my sexual context has always been one of, of secrecy, of dishonesty, of um, uh, kind of filled with shame, if you will. And disconnection. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, um, and so even within our marriage, it's certainly possible for me to have the desire to have sex with Ashlyn and to be sexually intimate but yet still have apprehension, I guess, or reservations, or still have some residual effect from all the years of unhealthy sexual behavior right. and attitudes. Right, because the vulnerability of healthy sex, right? That, so yeah. so it's, it's, it's scary to connect in an intimate way and, and be connected that way. But a sexual anorexic, they don't just disconnect because it's, it's uh, vulnerable. That's one of the reasons. <clears throat> the other reason is the sense of control or power that they get from withholding sexually. Um, I was working with a sexual anorexic who, um, you know, he, he was a sex addict. He was acting out. It all came out. His shame came up, and he, he turned it off. And he just, and he was almost proud of his ability to um, reject his wife. and Like to shut, um, shut down sexual desire altogether? Yeah, so, and, and he even got on an antidepressant. I won't say what it is, so people don't go try it. Right. <laughs> but he got on an antidepressant, which killed his libido, which helped him control. Like almost um, chemical castration, in a sense. Kind of, yeah. And it, so he could then just keep her at bay, um, tell her no. Um, and, and, and it's not just sexual anorexia. It, it leads to what we call intimacy anorexia is he can control other forms of connection and intimacy in the relationship and keeps her very cut off, so to speak. So, so I, I think there's a, su- a super important distinction that I think I'm just realizing is part of this discussion, and that is what, what the, the gentleman that you just described, you know, God bless his soul, you're saying that, that he's still putting his partner at arm's length emotionally by withholding sex yes so he doesn't even even as being someone who is sober he still has the same emotional disconnection with his partner that he had while he was acting out an addiction yes you're right but now he's now he's turned it the other direction and now he is he's he's feeling in control okay by pushing her away and not not trying to have more and more sex with her. So is this something that, that someone could be, this is actually, sorry, I don't mean to be asking all these questions, but I'm, I'm super intrigued, but is this something that, that can be be consciously and unconsciously, someone can be unconsciously aware of, but also consciously aware of? Yes. Like they don't realize that they're pushing someone away. They just think they're kind of keeping the addiction under under lock and key. Yes. So, this, so the, the solution is... Just not have sex. I think that's a really good point is, you know, if sex equals shame and sex equals destruction and just bad stuff, 
he might just be sitting back thinking, this is good. I can control it to this level. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, the wife is feeling a total disconnect in terms of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a, a spouse of a sexual anorexic, it's, it's an abusive relationship because it's so neglectful when it comes to real connection. And so he's thinking, awesome, I have control, look at me, I'm, you know. And, I, which is exactly what the partner wants too, is just don't act out anymore, right? Sh- well, well, meaning. But, but I want to be clear about something. He's still acting out on the side. So he's still masturbating, looking at porn, doing oh, things on the side, but he's okay. not engaging in a sexual, in a healthy sexual relationship. Okay. And so, okay. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah. Can but, you do both and be sexual anorexic? What do you mean? Still be acting out and not be acting out. Yes. So, okay. so, and, and I've worked with some sex anorexics, sexual anorexics, who aren't acting out on the side. They're just white knuckling. They're just celibate. They're just not experiencing anything sexually. Um, but then I've also worked with some sexual anorexics who are acting out with lust on the side, but they're not engaging in healthy sex whatsoever. Right. And it is that would seem to me like a really scary prospect in the sense that. Lust could be just this runaway train that 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 takes them to new depths of addiction if they're withholding from actual sexual conduct themselves or their partner. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that's that's kind of scary. Yeah, it is scary. So, it, it, the if you mix sexual anorexia with sex addiction, it's a it's a it's a bad combo to have. Um, but it is something that you you can overcome once you get educated about it. You can get into recovery for sexual anorexia as well. So we call, if somebody acts out sexually, um, we call it acting out. So um, that's, you know, doing whatever their arousal template pushes them to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's going to get that lust hit, that dopamine rush, whatever it is. When they act out with their sexual anorexia, we actually call it acting in. And what that is is they're acting within. They're, they're withholding. They're, and they're feeling this, they're getting this sense of, of power from their um, deprivation, mm-hmm. and, and and that feels really good, and that's why it's se- called sexual anorexia. It's similar to, to anorexia. Um, a person with anorexia, you know, you act out because of arousal, satiation, fantasy, and deprivation. Um, you feel that sense. Something feels good about knowing that you can have that much control over yourself. Especially okay. if you were living without any control, right? Yeah, you had no control. Then all of a sudden, it's like, I got this. Yeah. And look what I can do. And I can keep her at bay. And I can... So does it seem like, in your experience, that people see this more as like a good thing than they do intentional? Like, mm. and, and mean? and uh, No. So... They don't see the neglectful, abusive, emotionally abusive side of it. They just view it as, I'm just not doing what caused all this problem. To so, so it depends on whose perspective you're talking about. Okay. So the addict might be saying, this is awesome. Like, look at, I'm not an addict. Look at the control that I have and how I can reject her and how I can keep myself safe. How many boxes I'm checking. But I have never heard a spouse of a sexual anorexic say, I love this. This is awesome. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would feel distant. I mean, not e- even without the sex. It's just that intimacy You don't just in feel general. distant. You feel rejected yeah. constantly. And so from the betrayed side, is it? I'm sure it's very confusing 
Um, one, because you're probably angry and hurt from the betrayal itself. Yes. But then you do have those mixed feelings of I love you, I hate you. Right. I want to connect. I want to be intimate. And then to feel that rejection. Right. So like, you can see on every level the the trust and safety in the relationship being shattered by the mix of the betrayal and the sexual anorexia. It's really hard for the spouse. And, and is it also, Brandon, um, is it is it an avoidance as much as it's a denial? What do you mean? Is if if I'm the if I'm the sexual anorexic and I avoid any scenario or any instance where sex might be um, instigated whether it's avoidance or whether it's intentional and I just say I'm not going to have sex because I want to get uh, rain, rain, the reins on this. So really what you're asking is how does somebody act in? And what they do is they will subtly just disconnect and avoid. That's a, that's a great way to act in. It works. Um, but they'll also do the opposite. They'll get nasty and mean and angry because he, he knows that will push her away. Um, he'll, he'll get manipulative He'll get really busy with work. Um, it sounds like this could be really hidden, like you, like you said in the beginning, that you really wouldn't could have this and not realize it. Right, right. I've you know I've sat down with several clients and I've I've described sexual anorexia and they and they look at me like, oh my gosh, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know nobody really puts words to it. So Patrick Carnes wrote a book. It's a big thick book called Sexual Anorexia, and it can outline for you what sexual anorexia is. Um, and then there's, there's also content out there and info you can Google online about intimacy anorexia, which is really similar to sexual anorexia. But a lot of people are living with it in their relationship and they have no idea that they have it. Um, and, and I would say upwards of one-third of the couples that I work with really yeah struggle with some form of anorexia sexually in their relationship okay well when you describe it like that as as acting in mm -hmm. all those behaviors automatically create disconnection and so I can see why it would affect so many people right I just never would have labeled it right it goes hand in hand with what a sex addict does just feels like well that's part of the addiction cycle right we fight we don't connect all that stuff right so you think um the the if we flip it um the betrayed that also struggles with sexual anorexia it's not just the sex addict so you see it on both ends now i want to be very careful when i say this if the betrayed doesn't want to have sex with the sex addict it might not be because of sexual anorexia it could be for other important reasons about an unhealthy relationship right however um, women struggle with sexual anorexia as well. They feel a sense of power and control, and if they can act in and disconnect, then they can create this this really um, emotionally abusive, uh, disconnected relationship as well. Um, but a spouse who's experienced betrayal and them not wanting to have sex with their husband because there's a lack of a healthy Trust foundation yeah. in the relationship, it's that's different. different than sexual anorexia. So I don't want anyone listening or at least any, any of the men listening to go home and say, you know what, you have this sexual anorexia thing and you need to fix it. Because what, what he's not doing is stopping and saying, oh, wait, how can I rebuild this foundation yeah. of this relationship so we can have some trust and safety? Mm-hmm. So however, on the, however, the wife might be struggling with sexual anorexia. On the betrayal side, then, does it show up more as like using sex as a weapon or withholding as punishment, things like that? Uh, not so much. Okay. It's, it's, if it's sexual anorexia, 
and now those things are not healthy either. That's, but if it's sexual anorexia, it's just all of the, the subtle and blatant mm-hmm. ways to, to disconnect because she feels a sense of control. So she's not manipulating with it and trying to use it, use it to get something out of him or to punish him. She just feels a sense of control by having that much power to withhold in so many different okay. ways. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there's an interesting scenario with this. And, and you know, I, I work with a guy who um, who is in who's in exactly this place? His wife is saying, "Hey, listen, are you, you know are you ready you know to be sexually intimate?" And he's like, "I'm not," because the only thing that plays over and over in his head again is the deep shame that he carried for acting out for so long, and so the idea, even the idea of sex, just puts him in this like, in, in, in just it's. He just drowns in shame. Well, and that's the common root to to it that I see it all the time is, is that the guy is feeling so much shame about his sexuality mm-hmm. and about who he is as a man and sexually that um, it leads to this over extreme level of control mm-hmm. to avoid anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not you know it's not that he doesn't desire sex or he's not a sexual being for sure. In fact, he very much does. Yeah, um, but. Something happened in his past where sex equaled pain, sex equaled shame, uh-huh. it equaled fear, and so um, to to learn how to avoid that feels really good for a sexual anorexic. To so. learn how to avoid shame, fear, yeah, I mean that that makes sense. I mean, it, it, it's so complex the the emotions of shame and the emotions of fear just with sexual addiction as as it is, right. but yet at the same time to realize okay, this is extended into my relationship with my partner, even and, and this guy and his wife are in, are in a, a very healthy, you know, good place. They're they're in a great trajectory. Right. It's just that, he, and and they both know this is exactly where I am. And she's like, okay, I guess I'm just going to be, you know, waiting on you. But he's like totally stalled. Well, and and he might be, and this this sounds backwards, but he might really be enjoying that. And what I mean is enjoying the feeling of power that he has to be able to the power just, over himself, over himself, and what used to cause so much chaos. Right. Right, and so, and and he he doesn't have to be codependent with her now either because mm-hmm. he can just like shut it off and be in control. So he doesn't enjoy it. It's 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 for sure. Sexual anorexia, Indeed. intimacy anorexia is is so it makes life so hard, and so he's not enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does enjoy what it give, gives him. So now I can only imagine this from like a standpoint. I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. Ashlyn, um, just thinking, okay, I just, for, for so, so much of the relationship, it's like, I just, Kobe, I just don't want you to act out. Let's, this whole thing that's just causing stop. pain, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, just stop. But then again, I look at it and think, there's so many people who have, like, ecclesiastical leaders who are also saying, just stop. Like, just pray it away, read your scriptures more, just don't do that. And, and then to have, to have their life so out of control that, they just don't know what to do, and all of a sudden they can rein it in, right? And then have the reinforcement from the ecclesiastical leader, but also from the partner to say, hey, just, "Just stop." Hey, I'm stopping. Right. I've, I've done. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm doing this. But they're not saying just stop a healthy sexual relationship with your spouse, right? <laughs> for sure. And, I, and, and but hence the confusion, right, 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 right. Of like, well, I'm, I'm giving you what you want. I'm feeling better about things. I will like tell you, using it for recovery. Kobe always saw different angles of what people were saying to him, right, right. When he was an addict, say more. Right. Just like fit, making it to fit to your own world when you were in addict mode. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Like 
I think this is what they meant. Right. <laughs> so right, right. I can see you saying that. But but I want to be sure. clear, and some some of the women listening might laugh at this, but uh, what a woman wants is not for their husband to not be sexual at all, right? Yeah. Like they don't want their husband to turn their sexuality off and never bug them again ever. <laughs> would you agree um, with that, Ashley? I would agree. <laughs> um, I'm a, glad you do. A woman wants her husband to to pursue her and to come on to her and to build feel safety wanted. and feel wanted. <laughs> and you can imagine what goes through the mind of, of the betrayed. So there's the betrayal's already happened, and now she's getting rejected repeatedly because he's now in control. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she thinks things like, um, is, where is he acting out otherwise? Like, he must be getting sex otherwise somewhere. Oh, or man. what is wrong with me as a woman? Like, how is there something just completely flawed? Because he got me? it was the addiction before, and now it's right. this. And now he doesn't even sobriety. want me sexually at all. What is wrong with me? You know, and and so there's all kinds of different fear that it triggers off when yeah. he goes into this place of pure just abstinence and control sexually. Uh, okay, so so let me just let me just say this one this one piece, and that is I think this is a really good this is a really good example of why. There are many, many metrics of recovery other than what your sobriety date is. Oh, no question. Because if, if we're really talking about overall healing, this whole discussion right here is total evidence that it's possible to be sober and still not recover and still not heal. And there are many metrics of that. And, and I mean, it took a long time for me to be able to get to that point, but I realized there's, you know, for me, there's you know, well over a dozen different indicators that recovery is really, that's really happening. And although I don't have to be perfect with all of them, I might do really well with some of them and struggle with others. But as soon as you just hang, I used to hang everything on sobriety. But here's the thing. The best indicator of recovery, do you know what it is, Scoby? Put you on the spot. Do you know what it is, Ashlyn? Sobriety. (laughs) It's not sobriety. (laughs) Best indicator of recovery is connection. And okay. so if yeah, you yeah. talk about sexual anorexia, and when I say connection, it means you can you can connect to yourself. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. Totally. You can connect to God. You have a relationship with a higher power. And you can connect to others. And so somebody who's been sober and mm-hmm. can control their sexuality is not in recovery. Totally. In fact, they're missing a huge piece of recovery. Which it's is, the best part. Yeah, the best part of recovery, which is connection yeah. to somebody it, else. But it is, though. I mean, think of how many groups there are for both men and women or parents or siblings or kids of parents who are addicts, whatever. Right. That's why they're there. We've it's been because, disconnected from. Yes. They want connection again. So, yeah, you're fooling yourself if you're thinking my sexual anorexia is working Mm-hmm. to accomplish my goal in recovery because this is recovery because now I'm being sober. Totally. It's not I'm just the not, case I'm just not, not acting out. And I'll also say this too. Um, I just dropped the headphones. Sorry. Um, it's a little loud. So I'd also say this too that um, I can remember periods of sobriety that I had and there was only like, I don't know, two or – no, probably three or four of them maybe that were six months. That was the very longest I ever went in just sobriety. But I'm telling you right now – those were the most tumultuous, 
gut wrenching and disconnected so, months, and, and disconnected, probably like pre, like mentally preoccupied. Sounds like, like recovery's great, George. Kobe. I know, right? This yeah. was before we got help. To be clear, <laughs> exactly. And you're it's thinking, rah rah rah! I've made it five oh months and twenty seven days. Exactly. And like, this is amazing. And I, and I look like a train wreck about to happen. <laughs> and, and I think. That and I'm like, waiting for the train wreck. And we're to all waiting for like exactly. We can hear it coming. Right. And we're like, oh my gosh, once again. That. So I guess what I'm just stating with this, especially in light of the topic, is. Is that in truth, recovery is so, so important and it represents such change across the board rather than just white knuckling in sobriety. Well, the beauty of it, the recovery for sexual anorexia, the work you do is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But the end goal, where you end up is the same as sex addiction, totally, yeah. which is for sure. connection. It's for learning sure. how to empathize with somebody else, hold space. Um, really connect and, 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 and love somebody else. Yeah. So. Okay, so if we, if there's people out there listening right now, that both the betrayed and the addicted, who maybe for the first time are hearing this, but, but are totally recognizing this, what are some first steps that each can do to, to march down the road of healing from sexual anorexia? So I'll, I'll, I'm going to shoot straight here. The, the reality is when it comes to sexual anorexia, there's limited resources. There's not a ton out there. Um, but what I would say is go get Patrick Carnes' book, Sexual Anorexia. Okay. Um, there's another guy named Doug Weiss. He talks about intimacy anorexia. Um, some of his stuff is good. Um, but I would, I would get as educated as you can about sexual anorexia. The next thing I would do is to actually talk to a CSAT because a CSAT will have a little bit more understanding of what sexual anorexia is than just any other counselor. So if you're going to couples counseling and you have sexual anorexia going on, good luck. Yeah, it's it's not it's going to be really difficult. And if that counselor doesn't know what sexual anorexia is, then they're not going to be able to to really help you. Right? And even if they so, have heard of it, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are yeah, equipped to You know to what? Treat if you it. like your therapist, then go buy Carnes's book and give it to them and say, <laughs> "Hey, read this. You need to, you know, because this might be what's really going That's on." That's a good solution us. for sure. Um, but but one of the first things that you do is you you work your recovery with your addiction. So make sure that that's in place because that will remove a lot of the shame out of the equation for you. It's not going to be the end-all, be-all. Um, then you need to get clear about what your acting in behaviors are, and you need to act against those. So get clear, like, you know, when you do act in, how can you change that? And how, can, how can you learn how to connect? So it sounds um, like the norm of choosing to be mindful yeah. Because you have to be mindful enough to recognize when you're doing those things. And, and you can get mindful once you get educated. So once you recognize this is what I'm doing, I'm mindful of it, you can catch it, and then and you can start to support each other in it instead of fight with each other because of it mm-hmm. um, and push each other to practice some courage mm-hmm. and to do the things that are uncomfortable and difficult. Yeah. So um, that's, that's really where good. I would start. That's really so. good. Yeah, this is um, this is not an e- it's not an easy topic, but a super important one, yeah. and obviously one that's not uncommon as well. But um, with the right kind of uh, healing, right kind of support, right kind of framework, obviously. I I, I want to say this for for the betrayed or for the we could say the rejected in in this circumstance. Um, it is you're probably feeling alone. Um, you're probably feeling pretty trapped and and a lot of shame. 
it is really important that you reach outside of your marriage for some support, for some love, and some intimacy. I'm not saying go cheat on your spouse, but what I'm saying is find a friend, find somebody who can connect to you in ways that you need it right now. Because the sexual anorexic or the intimacy anorexic, they won't do it for you right now until they get into recovery. And you've probably lived long enough um, alone and rejected. So be brave enough to go talk openly with somebody and have somebody hold some space for you. It's awesome. Okay, guys, thanks. If you've heard this podcast and it resonates with you, you know, remember you can share this um, and uh, you never know. Well, that actually would be a pretty pretty interesting share, actually. Hey, I remember you saying something. <laughs> can I share this podcast with you? But this episode, um, you know, if, if this resonates at all, please share this because there's no way of knowing how someone can heal and have hope from knowing exactly what, what their issue is yep. and when it's possible to be able to heal. So, All right, you guys. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you.